Hello, this is The Comet's Tale, um, and during this episode, we will be talking about... Wow, I forgot the author. Well, it's a book <laughs> it's a called... Book. Let me look it up right now. The book is entitled Becoming an Agent, Patterns and Dynamics for Shaping Your Life. And let me Google the authors right now. <laughs> I have this book in physicality. Um, this is a book that Caitlin and I, as I find the title, Caitlin and I read and discussed nearly a year ago to the day, and we figured it would be a good um, place to sort of begin the podcast insofar as we, in kind of thinking back to where we were a year ago, we realized that it's something that's, I think, informed a lot of the conversations that we've had since then. Um, yeah, and, you know, looking at my notes from a year ago from this book... Um, it's kind of funny cause I, you know, thought I was in a place that I was about to move out of my parents' house. Um, I was, you know, using this book to kind of, uh, as a catalyst. As a catalyst yeah. To do like to embark on my so-called life away or like my future, my whatever. Um, and that has not happened yet. <laughs> Even a year later, we were so hopeful at the beginning of last year with, mm. you know, at least for me, I was like, I'm going to get this vaccine. COVID's going to go away. <laughs> like all these things, <laughs> all of these things that were like closed would be open. Mm. And it's, you know, almost worse now in a way. Um, um, did you find the author? I did. Yeah. So to mention the full title and the, the author's um the book is called Becoming an Agent, Patterns and Dynamics for Shaping Your Life, written by Joan Loeb and Larry Cochran, um, published in 1994. And this is a book, I don't even recall I how I stumbled upon it. I, I do this thing where, like, I... <sighs> I, I will sort of, like, type in, like, any kind of, like, vague abstract idea I have, like, into just the Google search bar, and, like, sometimes you can get back, like, what you didn't know you needed, like a mm. book title or an article or a website or a... Resonance. Yeah, you know, the Google algorithm kind of connects the dots for you and sort of gives you a tangible response. And so I think this is how I discovered this book, um, by way of one of those renegade Google searches. And <laughs> I the title really intrigued me, and so did the description, and so I purchased it and read it, and then I proposed that Caitlin and I read it together because it seemed like it could, I just had a sense, I guess, yeah, that it could be... A kind of catalyst by which we could sort of embark on the next chapter of our lives. Um, to speak a little bit, I mean, about the book and sort of the main ideas it raises that I think would maybe we can enter into a discussion through. Um, the basic premise of this book is that there are two essential existential modalities from one point of view, that of the patient modality and that of the agent modality that's kind of two ends of, of a spectrum um i guess per the definition of the book it says that patients are those who sort of have beliefs and go by you know like life narratives in which they assume that they don't really have any control that they're just kind of stuck in a life that they're just passive recipients of mere circumstance and that their choices can't really affect any tangible, meaningful outcomes, in contrast to agents, um, who are those who, uh, conversely, 
have a keen sense of their narrative um they have the belief that if they act if they feel if they um intend something then if they put in a reasonable amount of work then that that they can receive an outcome that um is similar to um what is desired or if not exactly what is desired um and this book sort of it's written by I believe two psychologists or people in the kind of psychotherapeutic psychotherapeutic world um and so this is explored this idea is explored through a few case studies also people who have uh, in different ways embarked on this journey of becoming an agent and i think that's a key word also that one becomes an agent an mm -hmm. agent one is not just born innately as an agent or as a patient um that's influenced by a lot of things by the context that you're in by by family, by um, the community you're in, by, and sort of the narratives and ideas about yourself and about the world that you inherit from the kind of world that you inhabit. And the idea is also that no matter what narrative you've, you've received, there's always an opportunity to sort of re-dramatize, they talk about, to sort of change the narrative by um, changing your fundamental beliefs about who you are and what is capable for you to do or what you were capable of doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, like, the way I see patient versus agent, like, simply, like, in simplicity is, like, patients, by and large, like, limit themselves. Mm. Like, being a patient is very self-limiting, and being an agent is actually the active rebuking of <laughs> being self-limiting, of, mm. like, everything in my power... I will do to rebuke that the I will ever stand in my way. Mm. I will not be the one standing in my way because there is shit that you can't deal with. Like there is, there is, you are, you know, to go back to our comet imagery, you are mm. a comet and you will be flying through atmosphere, you know, like mm. you will be flying through this, you know, fucking space dust, whatever. But it's choosing what, like, it's choosing how to react to it. There's it's stuff reactivity. you can do. There's, <laughs> there's stuff you can do. Um, this is this was um what we wanted to be our first po or our first episode for a few reasons, and one of them, you know, obviously that Ty already talked about is that we, um, have you know talked about this book, have thought about this book for a year, and we have also you know used it as like a template mm. for a lot of different situations um and the one that we were just referencing <laughs> is <laughs> you know your your hometown slayton sisters from a thousand pound <laughs> sisters um there is a popular tiktok sound clip on youtube whatever wherever you can find it where tammy slayton um you know, no hate, but in this situation and, you know, I think in her greater life right now, like she is serving in the patient modality of saying, try being my size, Amy, mm. you don't know how it is. Mm. And her sister Amy says back, there's stuff you can do. <laughs> and mm. just that exchange, first of all, just very like, I love that. <laughs> I love that our minds work in the way that, like, okay, we'll take this, you know, psychological book full of jargon, and here we are, you know, and behold. like, a year later applying it to freaking 
a thousand pound sisters. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, what I like also about like that scenario is that clearly it's difficult for her to do right. a lot, right? right? Like she's she's disabled because of you know she's she's dealing with obesity, like pretty really severe obesity, and you know is like stuck in her house. She's her mobility is really limited in a very physical material way, and right. yet. It is still true that there are things that she can do. <laughs> and I think the point And there, she refuses to do right. them. And that's what makes yeah. her a patient in and it, this yeah. example. And she even says, interestingly, I've watched the full clip. I think afterwards she says, sometimes I feel like a victim or something like something Tammy to the effect that? of like sometimes I make myself into a victim. Mm. And so I think the point is like there is always some kernel, no matter how small, of will from which change can happen. And of course it's more complex than that. Like we're not all just kind of, um, I don't know. And it, the book talks about those too, how we're not just like the singular, like commanding authors of our own realities or our own kind of life courses. There's always other things external to us coming into a play and sort of conditioning that and affecting the quality and condition and um, sort of terrain of our agency. But nevertheless, there is always agency over one thing or another mm-hmm. be it as something as small as just kind of i don't know changing an attitude in some tiny way that mm-hmm. can maybe set off um a new way of, of kind of seeing relating thinking knowing um, and i think the book talks about sort of these narratives of transformation you know that start pretty small for the most part yeah um maybe oh i don't know quitting a job or something or or even smaller, like reading a book or something that sets off kind of sets people on a course of like asking questions that then kind of further unfold and, um, yeah, augment the possibility for agency to happen. Right. And something I'm remembering about the book or that was poignant for me about the book itself was like, it was a lot of, um, physical injury Mm. and like physical situations that, um, you know, our reality, like you can't choose to not be injured, but you can choose to get through it and you can choose to do what you need to do. Um, and while I'm compassionate towards, you know, for example, Tammy's condition, I'm compassionate towards the condition of disabilities and it is fucking hard. Like, Mm. I mean, I am not permanently disabled, but you know, my, freaking ACL tear was horrible. Mm. It was a horrible, like, reckoning for me of, like, Mm. I have to, (laughs) I'm, like, I'm, like, I have, like, I have to do this. Like, I have Mm. to do physical therapy. I have to fucking get surgery. I have to reckon with the shit that I really, really, really did not want to reckon with. Mm. Um, also that was five years ago, which is insane mm-hmm. to me of like, yeah. you know, I still deal with some fallout from that. Um, but just that mindset of that, those first couple months being in like full recovery mode, I, I remember very vividly and like it fucking, it sucks. It sucks so bad. So I like, can't, I'm, I'm compassionate towards the condition mm-hmm. of like, that's every day forever for some people. And mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't want to like get into the nuanced, like nuance of disability because <laughs> there is a, a lot there. Yeah. 
um, especially in this book, because it does rely a lot on, like, these, you know, life-changing injuries for people. Um, but yeah, that's, that was one thing that really struck me, uh, about the book was, like, it's, it is based on that, like, physical injury and Mm -hmm. physical stuff, um, where, you know, there are some miraculous stories being told of, like, people doing, going above and beyond to, like, make that not their reality anymore. Right. And we see that a lot. You know, I was thinking... It's very interesting what you talked about, how a family member of yours, like, several years after you had, you know, kind of gone through the sort of, like, physical therapy for the the ACL injury, uh, this family member still sort of, that was her frame of reference for who you are still, and she was Mm -hmm. sort of projecting this, like, uh, role of patient, role of kind of just this stuck, injured person onto you, and, you know, as we've kind of talked about, that is so much more a reflection of her own perception of herself and by extension you know how she views herself in her mind it must be how you also view yourself it Mm -hmm. must be how you also sort of navigate your life and I think it that's just an interesting situation to think about with respect to how yeah the condition of agent or patient is it's projected onto us by others too and I think one of the ideas that this book raises is that there's a well it talks about this kind of the interestingly i think it draws on anthropology actually to kind of like talk about like the the ritual of um sort of patient to agent um and one of them being that there's this necessity of sort of separation and destruction of the old narrative mm, right whether that's kind of you know a job that's not leading anywhere or like a community or a context that's limiting in one way or another um that there has to be this kind of like deliberate um movement away from it and kind of a I guess even like a a kind of violent like um boundary that has to be drawn and kind of destruction that has to happen of of this old narrative the old kind of role that one is inhabiting and then that's kind of the you know step number one um towards claiming a kind of agency that's not present as of yet right yeah and that is I mean we can also look at my move from Salt Lake as, like, an active agency. Mm. Like, being furloughed without pay from a job that I didn't even really like to begin with. Um, you know, living in a finite condition that I knew I would be leaving at some point. Um, I really had to go through and be like, you know, as much as I wanted to fit in and as much as I wanted to create a community there my shit just wasn't happening. Like, Mm. and I was really, I mean, (laughs) it's just like, I need to find, like, I, I, that almost needed to happen. Like it was such a low point in my life that it was like, yeah, I need to get rid of this car that I'm like, that I have emotional ties to that is like breaking down on me all the time. And I need to like during that time period also, I, um, you know, sold my family's property. And the Mm. only way that it was possible for me to create a new narrative was from the the sale of my childhood home Mm. and the possession that I most loved, (laughs) you know, like my, my means of getting around my like 
you know, I loved that car. Mm. And, but in that, it's painful. It was painful to, like, say goodbye to this version of myself that, like, got by. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was only my new reality. And, you know, I'm very much still in the baby steps of this new reality. Like, you know, still being in my parents' house. But I have a car that doesn't break down all the time. Um, and, you know, I got my cut of financial freedom from giving up my childhood home or having to emotionally release that. Mm. And, yeah, I don't know. I just think that's a very powerful destruction that I would not be here today having this conversation if all of these things did not fucking blow up in my face. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it makes me think also how sometimes in order to like claim an expanded form of agency you actually have to release the agency you do have Mm -hmm. now or the kind of you know an agency that's often in the form of like a kind of faulty or like malfunctioning agency or a kind of agency that's not sustainable right and that is you know does afford some sort of like like a car like some mobility right like to move in the world um or to be in a context outside of your family home where you have other forms of, you know, possibility and, and freedom that you wouldn't maybe otherwise have. Um, so it seems like there's a kind of counterintuitive move that almost has to happen, I think, in the right. process of, like, stepping into, like, level two agency, I guess you could say. There's this renunciation of the the feeling or the sensations of the agency that you have now that are not, you know, I guess more kind of sustainable forms of agency. Well, it's just, like, literally right before this, like, in order to manifest, you have to release. Mm. These are these cycles. And, like, yeah, it seems counterintuitive at first, but you can't have this Machiavellian fuck it, let's fucking go agency (laughs) attitude without first being like, well, what do I have now? Mm. And releasing what really doesn't serve you. Like, what is, what is the goal? Okay, let's fucking, once again, comment. Let's let all this shit fucking rock the fuck out of us. Like, bye-bye. Like, there's so much, I mean, there's so much that, like, I can say, like, goodbye to of just like good i'm glad you aren't Mm. part of my future you aren't part of my future you aren't part of my present and i'm deeply glad for that and in the same breath i'm grateful that i was able to come in contact with these sorts of like hard things because without them i wouldn't Mm. be anywhere there's the work of an anthropologist named victor turner who he talks about this idea of sort of rights of transformation and yeah so there's this initial stage of like separation maybe like um i don't know like a coming of age ceremony or like uh ritual right where people are separated from the kind of known familiar status and identity that they have and what comes after that is this kind of liminal stage where mm. you're sort of broken down and you're sort of reduced to the kind of your most basic elements and it's only sort of from that that position that is changed and able to occur because there's a kind of malleability when you're not 
in a phase where you exist in a kind of concrete, um, legible form, right? Yeah. And so... It's like the crucible. Mm. Like, you become the soup. Yes. Like... And so, you know, after this kind of... I guess I'm just sort of thinking alongside the book to kind of invite further discussion, but from this kind of initial moment of sort of breaking away um, and kind of the initial separation and kind of destruction of the patient narrative, there's then this question of, well, what's next? I think this is Mm -hmm. a, a tricky part of like the process, you know, because there's been, um, uh, you've been so familiar with or so kind of attuned to, or, um, I guess, attached to an old narrative or style or identity or way of being, um, that then it's it's difficult to even consider what could be otherwise or how could things be otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and at least in the book, as I'm recalling, they talk about, you know, what oftentimes happens here is like there's a teacher or a kind of like, um, <laughs> I don't know, a kind of... A leader. A leader. Guider. Yeah, a guide Guidance. or a, <laughs> a kind of role model to which one can learn from and, and aspire towards becoming maybe not exactly but they could, there's a, you have to kind of use a template of someone or something else as a way of then kind of reconstituting yourself mm-hmm. um so there's a good deal of like creativity and i think imagination involved in that process too yeah, totally. um and i think agency is also or imagination rather is a very specific and kind of um pertinent form of agency that the book seems to note um that there's agency in just considering what other possibilities might be out there mm-hmm. that even that alone just the mm-hmm. consideration of what else could be um before there's any action is in some ways uh, i think the most powerful step that you read about in a lot of these stories that are shared in the book um but of course that has to be coupled with action right and sort of the there's this necessity of yeah coupling conceptualization and imagination with tangible modes of action yeah um, and being i mean being open to change i think is a huge part of it is like a a huge way that you're going to stay a patient is staying stagnant and you know being resistant to change um mm-hmm. and you know, to go back to <laughs> Tammy and Amy, like, they're both going to these doctor's appointments and getting told, like, you're not okay, like, and, you know, Tammy decides to, you know, she tries, I do see her trying, but I don't think she can, I don't think she truly believes that she can get out of the situation that she's in. Mm. And I think, um, to rely a little bit on my, you know, what, something that keeps coming back for me as far as, like, liberation and how do you free yourself, how do you free your community, is this idea of cognitive liberation is, like, you have to do it in your mind first. You Mm -hmm. have to believe it's possible. Mm -hmm. That's the basic thing. Or else you could be doing fucking whatever, you know, any action forever, and if you don't truly believe it's going to make a difference, then Mm -hmm. it won't. Yeah, well, it makes. I think it's the 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 idea. There is like there's, there needs to be a very powerful and clear image or an image that becomes mm. clearer over time of what could a future possibility look like. A visualization. Yeah, I mean, without that, 
then I guess this process of, of um, stepping into agency, it, it only goes so far, or it only goes so, as far as um, the image that you have, as yeah. far as the clarity and the strength and the kind of, um, uh, what would I say, the kind of... Potency, maybe? Yeah, the potency or the kind of excitement and the kind of like personal validity of that image, whatever it might be. Um, you know, that gives a sense that although my conditions now are not yet there, they mm-hmm. could become what I have in mind. Right. And if I don't have anything in mind, then what are they going toward? There's kind of this necessity of sort of organizing and kind of foregrounding something particular um, to work towards. Yeah. And realizing, like, like circumstances and conditions change. Mm-hmm. and the agency the most powerful thing about agency is like you choose what you do with your conditions and you know like <laughs> i i just you know i i find it best to like kind of put it into personal terms for me or like a story that is personal to me um and kind of deal with it in bite-sized versions but like I came back to here, to my parents' house, currently still here, as we know, and I was like, okay, I have basically no money. I've been... (laughs) I've been squandered. It has been squandered. I was scammed by... (laughs) I was scammed by by AmeriCorps, but that's a different conversation. Um... But Don't I, you guys. Um, <laughs> you know we're good. No, I, I stand by that. Like, I'm glad that I did it and I'm glad I made friends, um, in that situation, but it left me in a terrible financial situation. But anyway, um, <laughs> I came back here and, you know, faced, you know, a very real fear of like being out in the public and like got a surveying job and, um, made money and saved money and where I was a year ago in that situation is completely different to how I am today of like having saved up this little bit of money having the privilege and luxury of saving up that little bit of money to then you know go to this imaginative place of like Mm -hmm. what can I do now what fits me what is possible and that wasn't that that wasn't even possible a year ago. I was like, I am resigned to fucking work here until mm. I feel like good about the amount of money that I'm leaving my parents' house with. Right. And I mean, because my conditions, like even though the conditions of me living at my parents' house hasn't changed, the conditions of me being able to leave my parents' house mm. have changed. Right. And I think that also raises the idea that being an agent and becoming an agent, sure, it has to do with, like, kind of material circumstances and and a physical context, but more so it's a kind of attitude. I mean, if we're maybe yeah. to sort of just think about what well, is it's agency Well, it's inner work. It's, it's yeah. inner work facing mm. an outer circumstance. That's really yeah. what it is. It's a kind of orientation, I guess I think of it as also, um, to think in terms of, 
I don't know, not how am I constrained and means like preoccupied with constraint, but rather thinking, um, what's possible, yeah, like you say, within what is given to sort of relate to a mental, a material, an interpersonal context as one that has yet to be made into what it might become, mm-hmm. one that has um, a future to it, one that has one that's malleable, one that can be negotiated, not one that is simply as it is and that you have to kind of just mold yourself into, but rather something that you can collaborate with, I think. Um, and I think also there's, that makes me think as well that <clears throat> to be an agent and to become an agent is to realize this the 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 possibility to make that mm. as making as a form of of agency that um whereas patients are like i say kind of just passively implicated in the world um mere recipients agents they make they make mm. a i don't know they make a room they make a a kind of narrative for themselves they, they make, make a podcast they make a podcast um <laughs> this is an act of radical agency it is it is truly because you know for at least personally for me you always hear like oh they just think they're really cool so they just went and like made a podcast about it like okay cool like have fun like to your zero <laughs> listeners like you say one cool thing and you think you can do a podcast it's like i want to I'm challenging that. I'm actively <laughs> challenging that right now of like mm-hmm. who the fuck is to say what my value in that is mm. until it happens. Mm. Like you, you right. will you will <laughs> <laughs> you miss all of the shots that you don't take. Yeah. Truly though, like you miss all of you yeah. miss out on all the podcasts that you don't make. <laughs> you miss out on mm. all the art that you don't make. And I think agency, it's agency within a context, but it's also agency with oneself, like, in that way, like, that, and again, the book raises this, and just, you know, to hear sort of about, as you were speaking about your own sort of experience over the last year and a half or so, the most crucial sort of arena of agency is the agency that you have with respect to yourself, with respect to your own thoughts, with respect to the beliefs that you have the implicit ones the implicit beliefs that you have the beliefs that you cultivate for yourself um uh, agency in the terms of the questions that you ask that also that all originates from from the individual from the person um and i think that's also like the trickiest thing in a way to you are the trickiest thing to practice agency towards you know um Oftentimes you can change a context easily enough or, you know, it seems more tangible or kind of um, like apparent as to how you might change a career path or something like that versus, you know, how can I change the the terrain of my own mind? That's Mm. a much uh, trickier thing because in a way you're the only one there to witness it, Mm. truly, right? Um, And so it involves a great deal of like being accountable and responsible to yourself um no one else no one's going to force you to, to be an agent right like right. the only person who in can... fact they have <laughs> the powers that be and the people around you are more inclined for you to be a patient and not an agent right so the only one who you know is invested in your own agency truly is you and if you're not then it's not going to happen yeah 
Um, then stay a patient, have fun, right. eat your cake, have a drink, <laughs> <laughs> drink with your friends and vape. <laughs> <laughs> That's agency. Who's to say? Oh, I'm talking, I'm just talking in terms of Tammy and oh, making, right. making yes. choices that I, are probably yeah. not great, but, right. um, <laughs> <laughs> To thine own self be true, you know? Well, the, I mean, there's that hedonism there of just, like... <laughs> I mean, like, obviously we all get caught in it and whatever. But I... There's... I, I would like to challenge that, like, hedonism for the sake of hedonism. Because, um, you know, I also... Like, I think that we do have a finite time on this earth. Um, some are longer than others. But... There's, there's got to be this balance. And I think there's also a balance that needs to be struck between being an mm-hmm. agent and being a patient. Because you're not one all of the time. Like, I've never mm-hmm. met anyone who's purely a patient or, an, or anyone who's purely an agent. Right. We go through these cycles of, like, you know, I'm invoking my agency here. You know, that raises an interesting point also. Because I think even patients are agents, right? It's just a particular practice of agency. You're, you're using your agency to sort of disqualify yourself in a way. And I yeah. think it's not this kind of expanded form of agency, but we are agents at that, even at that level, even at that, that, that extreme. And likewise, even at the level potential we are, we are agents, most, right? And, and I think that things that choices that would be seen as a patient move can be agentic Mm. Um, but there's also just people who don't have this language for themselves and who like really will never, I mean, it's, it almost goes hand in hand with free will, right? Of like agency is choosing to use the little free will that we have Mm. to the little W will. Mm. Yeah. Free willy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, but yeah, I, 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 I'm curious about you know what's a what it's what's a concrete example of like a patient like a patient being an agent as you just said a patient being an agent well i guess i think there's agency even when one really is like leaning into their status as a patient i mean even to use the tammy example like she's an agent insofar as she is the one who agentively is declaring who she is that is her choice and her her the volition her own volition yeah. of her own volition is she yeah. describing herself and casting herself in the role of patient over um, and over and over right. again and i think yeah you, that's a, also another significant point that there is no pure agency or pure patienthood it's there's always we're always a kind of mixture of both i think it's i don't know it's a question of how are the two in conversation and how can actually maybe a sense of our own status is kind of like you know i guess like the facticity of our lives like how can that i think that oftentimes propels agency right because mm-hmm. there are limitations we're able to kind of focalize our our will or a kind of um agency in particular ways if there was no constraint if there was no limitation there would be no impetus for i guess like the kind of transcendence of that mm-hmm. situation um Another question I wanted to raise that we can discuss maybe a bit now and I think will come up later too is also like agency in the interest of what? In the interest of pure hedonism, like you say, agency in the interest of, I don't know, like what is, I think that's also part of um, discovering agency is is a, a sense of 
why do I seek out agency, right? Mm-hmm. What What's um, the carrot at the end of the stick to be an agent, you mean? Like, why, what do we get out of it? No, maybe not, like, the reward, per se. Um, but, like, what is this... What is the discovery of my own agency revealing? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's typically... I mean, I think, of course, when you enact agency... This is making me think of a book that I mentioned that will... I want us to discuss in a later episode of James P. Car- James P. Carson's book, Finite and Infinite Games, that, yeah, agency can lead to the acquisition of all sorts of wins through finite games. Um, but also he sort of proposes this idea of an infinite game, that there's, there's a game um, where there is no prize. There's nothing to be won at the end of it. It's just kind of the, the sustenance of play itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe this is more rhetorical than anything else, but I think that's an important question to consider, you know, why, what is um, motivating the kind of quest or the search for agency to begin with? Mm. Um, well, I would like to get out of this house. <laughs> <laughs> I would like, I mean, like, I know you said it was rhetorical, but I have a couple easy answers of like, sure. I want to make my time on this earth meaningful and I'm not finding a whole lot of meaning being stuck in a community that's not serving me. Mm. Um, I mean, do you have an easy answer, like, for yourself at the moment? Mm. I guess similarly, yeah, it's to, it's to be surprised. And actually, I mean, I didn't, I'm not thinking in terms of what Cars is saying, but that's sort of what he proposes as, like, a part of what defines the infinite game is the infinite game is like it's surprise after surprise after surprise and with each surprise Mm -hmm. there's new observations and insights and sensations um Mm. yeah i guess similarly it's kind of like a sense of i know what exists here i know i know i've already opened this this box yeah (laughs) (laughs) this lovely pandora's box (laughs) i know this reef you know i know this reef (laughs) I oh, fuck. similarly. I mean, it's it's kind of like think of a rite of passage. Like, yeah, you go totally. from a child to a teenager to an adult, right? Yeah. Like, um, I fulfilled my role as not a child at this point, but as at as this stage of my life, and so the next one is is now ready to be stepped into because everything that has is possible to do at this level has been done. Yeah, I know more or less. I mean. I know, you know, this community has its limitations or our situation now has limitations. And yet at the same time, there all are, of course, ways to inhabit it. Right. Agentically. Yeah. And I think we're doing that and have been doing that. But I'm, le- I'm ready for level two. Agency, <laughs> yes. You know? yes. I'm, I, I like the little games here. They're fun. <laughs> but I'm ready for something um, with a bit more oomph to it. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> uh, level two games is my uh, level, two, level two agency and level two play I, I guess is my motivation i think yeah that makes me realize also there's degrees of agency and there's sort yeah. of dimensions and levels of agency and that you know um agency for a i don't know a person our age is different from agency for someone who's 65 or right. or who's 35 right. or who lives in a different part of the totally. world um, well, or and a different to period put it of time. in the context i am 24 um have been out of college for almost four years at this point and you're i don't remember Too how old, old you are 
25. Okay. I have, all my friends are older than me, so I, like, I'm always, like, confused on who's 26, who's 27, and who's 25. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, I guess to wrap up, like, how, how are you an agent in your everyday life right now? And what would level two agency look like? Yeah. Where do you need to level up in your yeah. agency? Yeah, and where, like, yeah. Hmm. Well, on that note... Um, well, I'm asking you. This oh. is not rhetorical. <laughs> That's me asking oh, you okay. that question. What does level two agency look like for me? Or, or No, like what What are you doing or what have you been doing for the past year since you've read this book to employ hmm. your sense of agency, to be an agent as opposed to a patient, to really like... Because hmm. we use... The, I mean, we use this language for context. We use this langu- language every day pretty much to each other um of like that's that like we just use we use the phrase becoming an agent so fucking much that like or it's implicit you know know, yeah yeah or it's implicit so like yeah what have you been doing like what what have i been doing well where yeah where do you stand as of now i guess what agency for me has looked like over the past year or so since we read the book was um well, leaving this context for a bit, having a detour, mm-hmm. I went to uh, Kosovo and stayed with a friend there. And, you know, I guess agency was a matter of leaving the familiar zone um, and entering the challenge of being somewhere new and um, being among unfamiliar and unfamiliar contexts. Um, and... Yeah, I guess testing agency, testing my own agency in a in a really enjoyable way because I had, you know, a good friend who I was seeing there and who was sort of my host, but also um, there was a whole new place that I had um, sort of room to, to kind of try out in different ways. Um, but I think lately it's been, since returning um, back home for the time being, I think it maybe has not been so much like action oriented as much as it has been yeah I guess intention oriented although with action kind of interspersed there too I think like like we were saying like it's a matter of just kind of inhabiting a common place a familiar place in new ways um and as I think about sort of the future to um not get caught up in the kind of like the what of it it of what it is or what it might be but how it mm. might be how i want to how to inhabit yeah a new job or a new city or um what have you and i think sort of giving myself permission to let go of this question of what and to kind of do this more kind of meandering um exploration of know what is the kind of qualitative how of how i would like to inhabit Mm -hmm. things now and things in the future um i think in a lot of small ways too taking just exploring you know this place where we are now exploring new corners of it um meeting new people here um i guess just kind of challenging and moving beyond old habits there's a lot of small ways i guess (laughs) that has been happening for me but i think these these small ways, of course, add up, and they kind of inform a bigger narrative of of agency or the degree yeah. of agency that you have. Yeah. 
I think it's similar for me. Um, but I'm also, I mean, I have this attitude of like, I don't want to do that too much or lest I fall in love with (laughs) where I'm at. Cause I really, I mean, I don't want this to be my reality for my whole life. It's fine for right now. It's been fine, but I'm, I need more and I know intelligently that I need more and I know spiritually that I need more and there's these things that happen that like keep me satisfied and like I'm I feel like I'm easily satisfied by this place just because it's comfortable Mm. and um not that I want to be uncomfortable anymore because I played that game too (laughs) um but just like finding finding a place that I can explore and be new with that while still being relatively comfortable most of the time and you know I I think I've you know I've told this to you before it's like community is huge for me and like I feel like I've really you know extended my community here and it's it's not really giving me what I need um it's giving nothing it's giving me nothing (laughs) (laughs) um yeah not nothing (laughs) I don't I don't want to pretend like I'm absolutely miserable because I'm not but it's like I know I can do better and I know that there's better there like better out for me somewhere and and better context that I can relax into without everyone knowing me my mom my dad and my brother (laughs) and sometimes my sister (laughs) so uh, and my dog too (laughs) my little dog too (laughs) everyone knows Zane um everyone loves Zane to know Zane is to love him (laughs) um anyway I think that's a pretty good intro of like something like we said we really do freaking fall back on this idea of agency a lot and so that will probably be pertinent in other discussions but do you have anything any closing closing thoughts that I don't. I think that was, uh, it was nice to revisit it. Yeah. Like about yeah. a year later. Yeah. Um, just to reflect on how I think oh. this book unlocked a lot and how it, um, <laughs> it says the maximum is 60 minutes. Oh fuck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but just, just realize how this book set off a lot of questions. And I think in some weird way, just the act of reading this book itself was a kind of, uh, catalyst for agency. Yes because of the questions that it brought to the fore and the possibilities and the sense of possibility that it raised for both of us. Um, and yes, in hermeneutic fashion, here we are right where we began. <laughs> I mean, there's also a candide like quality of like, right. you know, you have to travel the world to find out the gardens in your backyard, but you know, you know um, but yeah, no, I'm ready. I mean, like I have not done that venturing, and it's time to venture. Um, well, there you know, are many well, a garden. There, there's, yeah, there are many a garden. That is true as well. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. Yeah, if you're listening, um, it is exciting to put out our first episode. Our first full episode. Um, we're planning for this to be bi monthly. I don't like saying bi-weekly because that makes it seems like it's two times a week instead of two times a month. Mm. Um, don't really have a schedule let, schedule yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, this has felt really good to me. 
I think it's been fun. Um, so, it's like reverse voyeurism. Yeah. Yeah, it's like reflective voyeurism. I guess what like, is that? Exhibitionism? I, <laughs> but we don't know to whom we uh, exhibit, we know not yet. <laughs> Why do I speak in old English? Like, <laughs> we forget i love that phrase also anyway fuck okay thank you for listening (laughs) this has been the comet's tale with ty and caitlin